Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and our minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you have to say to us today. Amen. Today's lectionary epistle lesson is from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans. And let's begin with just a little context. I mean, it's the longest letter in the whole Bible, after all. That's why it's so far forward. It's just long. And it's good. Paul is writing to teach the Roman church about the gospel, the good news, and to care for their fragile community. The first half of the letter is about God's righteousness and justice. In English, that's two words. In Greek, it's one. It's explaining what makes God God. And our passage is the crescendo and the finale of the first half. I didn't make up those musical terms. It was a commentator who suggested it. But it will sound kind of musical to you when I read it. And these words may sound familiar as well. Listen closely for God's word to you today from Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good, For those who love God, those whom he called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Making friends as an adult is difficult. I considered it advanced adulting. It's not introductory adulting. This is advanced stuff. First, you've got to make the time. Well, that's hard enough. But then you've got to actually put yourself in places where you're going to meet other people. And then you've got to find the courage to connect with someone. Inside my head, the dialogue spins, and I wonder, will this person like me? Will she want to spend time with me? Does she even have a bandwidth for friends? It's not unlike my own inner dialogue about God. Does God really like me? Does God want to spend time with me? Does God even have the bandwidth to be friends? Deep down, many of us wonder about our relationship with God. And the Apostle Paul wondered too, for good reason. He was an enemy of God. Before meeting Jesus, Paul persecuted followers of Jesus and considered them his enemies. Today's scripture is Paul's answer to all of our wonderings about a relationship to God. And because Paul is Paul, his answer is orderly. It's a two-by-two matrix of our relationship with God. So for those of you who have been waiting for a sermon chart, okay, all two of you, today is your day. I invite you, at 9 a.m. I had a slide. I invite you to draw a cross or a plus sign on your bulletin if you like to follow along by writing. I know that I do. And imagine two vertical columns here. I'll show you. I'll show you. I know. I can hear you getting restless. All right. Me, God. The two vertical columns, me, God. And the two horizontal rows, internal issues, external issues. Internal issues, external issues. And Paul, bless his heart, he begins with the negative. And he takes each possible problem area in our relationship with God, all four boxes in this matrix, and he shows that they are not problems after all. So let's begin with the upper left-hand quadrant right here. That's our internal issues. We are mere humans trying to connect with the creator and the sustainer of the universe. And Paul describes our problem simply, we don't know how to pray as we ought. In other words, we don't know how to talk or connect with God. How should we? We're just human beings. And Paul's answer, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, interceding with sighs too deep for words. So notice that the Spirit doesn't overpower our words. The Spirit doesn't translate our words. The Spirit offers them to God with supplemental sighs. And the sires among us rejoice because what is better than a sympathetic sigh? (sighs) 
All right. Now we're moving to the lower left-hand quadrant. That's continuing on our side of the relationship, moving on to our external issues, our actions. What do we do in our relationship with God? We pray, serve, live faithfully on the one hand, and sometimes we ignore God, live for ourselves, and focus on ourselves, put ourselves right in the center on the other. We are a mixed bag. As Pastor Peter said in last Sunday's sermon, we're both weeds and wheat. The problem is our efforts don't seem like enough. Paul's answer All things work together for good for those who love God. You can write that in the box if you would like. All things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So you and I are called and we're chosen like Abraham, like God's people Israel, like Jesus. And the success of our relationship with God doesn't rest on our own efforts. Instead, it rests on God's calling. Paul explains further, and this is William Barclay's translation, those whom he long ago designed for this purpose, he also called. And those whom he called, he put into a right relationship with himself. And those who he put in a right relationship with himself, he also glorified. God's dream is that you grow up to look like Jesus. That there's a family resemblance somehow. And God's call on our lives is enough for our efforts to build upon. All right, moving on to the upper right-hand quadrant. Paul shifts his focus to God's side of the relationship, the internal issues on God's side. So just try for a a minute to imagine being God. For some of us, that's not as hard to imagine as others. (laughs) I've been thinking about it all week, in fact. Why would I have a hard time connecting with humans? Is God unable or unwilling to connect with weak, unworthy humans? I mean, there's a qualitative difference between God and us. This is not unreasonable, people. And Paul switches to a question-and-answer format here. Question, who will bring any charge against God's elect, God's chosen ones? The answer, it is God who justifies. Question, who is to condemn us? The answer, it is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who is raised, who is at the right hand of God, who intercedes for us. The incarnation is the answer to God's internal issues in reaching out to us. God became a human being, bridging the gap between us and God. In the words of the Apostle Paul, who alludes back to the story of Abraham and Isaac from earlier in the summer. He who did not withhold his own son gave him up for all of us. Problem solved. And the last quadrant, the lower right-hand quadrant. Paul addresses this final problem. External forces on God's side of the relationship. 
Is there anything powerful enough to interfere in God's relationship with us? Suffering seems like a strong candidate. I mean, in the ancient world, people thought they suffered. Their suffering was a sign of God's displeasure with them. Paul lists several varieties of suffering. Persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, that is war. These all come from Paul's own life experience. Paul also considers heavenly powers that seem to be on the level of God. Death or life, the whole of the human condition. Angels or rulers, heavenly and earthly authorities. Things present in the here and now, things in the age to come. That's both time and the kingdom to come. Powers, supernatural beings, height or depth. And these aren't the ordinary words for height and depth. These are astronomical terms for the highest and the lowest points of heavenly bodies in their orbits, the zenith and the nadir. Mercury in retrograde, anyone? Astrology? No height nor depth can separate us from the love of God. And Paul concludes with the phrase, anything else in all of creation. And literally, it's no other creature. So did you catch that distinction? Nothing in creation, no creatures are a problem for the creator. So all four problem areas, potential problem areas of our relationship with God are solved, according to Paul, through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Our friendship with God, in other words, is foolproof. We can't go wrong. In his book, Surrender, Bono, the lead singer of the band U2, and I know I just dated myself, so put that aside. Let's just keep going. He recounts that when the band was in Australia, I, Bono, had a recurring voice problem, and I was advised to visit a doctor with a reputation for helping singers, and I allowed him to put me under hypnosis. Imagine, said the doctor, a room with all your best memories around you. Be in the room. Now open the drawer and find all those memories, the best things that ever happened to you, the affirmations, your partner, your children, your best friends. A moment that changed your life's direction. All the best things. Be in that room, and now pull out the feeling that makes you feel safest and strongest, and describe it for me. Bono says, I'm walking along a river with my best friend, and everything is just as it should be. I have confidence in my footsteps. I feel I am learning judgment, but not being judged. I can say anything I want. Sometimes there's a reply, and sometimes there's not. It's just a conversation between friends. And your friend, inquired the doctor, 
Who is it? Bono says, I think it's Jesus. In Jesus, God invites you to be his friend. It's okay if you don't know what to say or how to act, and you need not worry about God's approval of you, nor about any forces that may seem to come between you and God. This is a friendship that will not and cannot fail. It's foolproof. So how in the world should you and I respond to such an invitation to friendship from God? Not unlike how we'd respond to a human friend. To do things together, spend time together, enjoy each other's company, be with each other. And I invite you today to take a specific action in your friendship with God. Let God be your first thought in the morning and your last thought before you go to sleep. The spiritual guides of Pooh and Piglet can help us. These two friends are walking home together, having a conversation at the end of the book, Winnie the Pooh. When you first wake up in the morning, Pooh, said Piglet at last, what's the first thing you say to yourself? What's for breakfast, said Pooh. What do you say, Piglet? I say, I wonder what's going to happen exciting today, said Piglet. And Pooh nodded thoughtfully. It's the same thing. Pooh said. You see, how you start your day matters. Who you think about first matters. You can thank God for breakfast if you're poo. You can ask for God's presence as you're excited or anxious about the day, like Piglet. And at the close of the day, you can thank God for his provision and ask for all that you need. It's what friends do. They reach out to connect with each other. Making friends is difficult. Yet have faith. Our friendship with God is foolproof. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, world without end. Amen.